Krishna. So I won't lie and say I'm not nervous. <laughs> Simply because um, I don't feel like I should be sat here. All of you guys are exemplary Vaishnavas and Vaishnavis, and you know, you're all so empowered by Prabhupada and by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I just don't feel like you know, I'm the kind of person to be sharing you know, knowledge on this wonderful philosophy. I don't have any realization there. Rupa Goswami, 
to talk about devotion to Krishna and establish centers where these devotion activities can be practiced. But we open here, Hariya Nama, Hariya Nama, Hariya Nama, Hariya Nama, all you the holy name, there's nothing else, Kalama Seva Namaste, isn't it? So my question is,
and um, you know, we've got these processes, the nine processes of bhakti, um, which you know, Shri Prabhupada established the temple spaces so that these nine processes of bhakti can be fully experienced. Once shout out for me, all the nine processes if they can. Bhakti Shastras. Explaining everything to this kid. 
starts explaining, you know, his whole situation, you know, the screen personality of Godhead has instructed me to, you know, open up centers and establish, you know, centers where people can engage in devotional service. I just don't know where to begin. And so this kid who, you know, some say it's Krishna, some say he's sent by Krishna, but this kid uh, tells Rupa Goswami, follow me. And so Rupa Goswami obviously follows in a desperate situation. And uh, he tells him, so here there's a hill, and under this hill, and so every, every, every day there's a cow that comes to this hill. And this cow always is depositing milk. And so the milk flows in and it's said that there's a deity of Krishna here. And so he was thinking, okay, 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 first of all, let me come to my senses. I was in my emotions so much so that a kid came and I started telling him everything. And then he's taking me to this place where there's apparently a cow that comes and drops milk into like this space and there's a day change me. He wasn't going to believe that just like that. So he was like, okay, cool. He came the next day and right before his eyes he saw this cow coming, depositing, depositing the milk. The milk was seeping in through to feed the deity. And so he, you know, became amazed and decided actually I'm going to excavate this. So this was like a sign from Krishna that this is how you can under this service and find this um, center and establish this center. And so this deity was none other than Kovindaji. So pretty. <laughs> um, and so, you know, he found Kovindaji and established a beautiful temple. This temple was actually very, very amazing. You know, it had so many stories, but then you know, the, the Muslim leaders at the time, or later on, I think after 1593, after Rupa Goswami had left, they decided to come and destroy the temple. It was made in such magnificence that some of the commentaries I was reading were saying that modern, um, modern builders would have a lot to learn from, from, from this beautiful temple that was made so many years ago. And so, it created a nice space where people could come and become absorbed and really, you know, focus on Govindaji, focus on Krishna, get to render some service for Krishna, and get to deepen their experiences. So I just thought I'd give that small pastime of how the Goswamis, this non Goswami who's worked really hard to try to establish a space that we can be able to connect with, personalities that we can be able to deepen our um, realizations with and therefore grow in our bhakti. So we've got three principal deities in the Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition. I don't know if anyone knows who these three principal deities are. Then you've got Radha Gopinath, who represents Ayodhana, the goal, 
the pure love of Krishna, as established by Raghunath Das Goswami. Um, and so it's actually said that you can only appreciate, you can't be able to appreciate Radha Gopinath unless you um, connected with Radha Radha Mohan and Radha Gopinath Dev. So through them, then you can be able to appreciate um, Radha Gopinath, who is in pure love of Krishna and constantly connected. And there are these really nice verses I got because I thought we probably chant ch more verses probably more beneficial than hearing me speak. <laughs> so I got um, these interesting verses from the Chaitanya Chaitamrit, which um, exemplify these, the aspects of these two personalities. So I want us to recite them together, if you guys are okay, right? Jai Tam Sura Gopango Jai Tam Sura Gopango Beloved, 
um, associates and um, we can be able to experience, understand the mood. You know, Shafafa gave us actually, he didn't give us, you could say Shafafa didn't give us the experience of the gopis, but he gave us the mood of the gopis. The mood of the gopis is that they give themselves fully to Krishna and make themselves um, favorable for anything that's for Krishna service. So if something is pro Krishna service, they're ready to do. If something's not pro Krishna service, they discard. And so this is the mood of the gopis, and that's what Shri Prabhupada strongly gave us. Um, and so with that mood, which divers that mood, then we'll be able to appreciate Mother Gopina and um, connect to them uh, as we can appreciate him as much. Uh, I'm trying my best every single day to cultivate the mood. Um, and so you can be able to appreciate Radha Gopinath and develop that deep connection with him. I put the images there because it's a nice meditation as well. You know? um, and uh, by Radha Gopinath's mercy, we can be able to experience or have a taste of what that experience is like and give ourselves fully to Krishna without any reservations, without any worries, without any you know, doubts. Am I doing the right thing? Is what I'm doing the best thing? But um, just trust that this wonderful personality with this cute. He's going to take care of me, and uh, uh, you know, I can, I'm safe under his shelter. And this is a beautiful Radha Gopinath temple, which is in Vindavan, um, where his lordships will be found. So if we all get an opportunity, maybe by Krishna's arrangement, I've never been to these holy places, but maybe, but by the mercy of the sadhus, I get to be able to understand a little bit about it. So by your blessings, I can get that experience, we probably get that experience together and get to see them, and um, hopefully get to experience the same love. So, in Krishna's temple, these temples that have been, you know, created by Rupa Goswami, by Rupa Goswami, as I was mentioning, it's like MTV creates Krishna. You come to Krishna's crib, Krishna has the different activities that he's doing, and these are all obviously all connected in the temples um, every single day. You know, up from the morning, Mangalarti, you know, we come, Krishna's probably just come out of his rasa dance, so he's a, he's a little bit tired, he's just getting his breakfast, his first set of sweets, and so we cite some prayers, you know, and um, we serve him that way. Then we go to the Shringa Arti, you know, it's breakfast time, Krishna's wearing dressed, you know, looking nice, ready to do his thing. Um, and, you know, so we do an Arti there and we celebrate that. Then he goes out and so he does different activities, the car, the boys probably goes and has the cows, plays different games, they have the wrestling games and whatever. And then he comes back for lunch, and so we have the Raj Boga Arti, which is usually my favorite because the offerings are always the best. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, and then we, you know, we, we do that service for him, we, we, chant, we you know, chant such a mantras for him and for his pleasure. And he goes out again and engages in different activities and he comes back for a small snack and, and then put up my party at around 420. Um, we bring some service there and we offer him some foods, you know, so he can chill out a bit before he goes out. He'll go out and then there's a Sunday party where, um, you know, he's, he's worshipped by all these different personalities, all the residents of Raj. Uh, you know, worshiping Krishna and um, giving him all these wonderful offerings and trying to connect him in a deeper way. And then the last arch of the day, which is the Sion Arti, um, at 9 o'clock we get to see Krishna finally in his nightgown or in his nightdress. And then, you know, he goes to sleep, or at least we think he goes to sleep. But when the curtains close, who knows, Krishna goes and engages in the Rasa dance with the gopis. And then hopefully can make it back on time for the large events. <laughs> so you know the temple is this is the environment that the temple cultivates. It creates that mood of raj, and so that's why um, all the temples in the world that are you know in our practice in our line set up by Shila Prabhupada, they're giving us the mood of Vrindavan. And so if we're to, I, I want to ask how many people actually have paid attention to all these different arches every time they come to the temple. Show hands. I personally would say that with my entire time being in the ashram, actually once when I got forced by a Swami, but just I saw that Swami was staying with us during the lockdown period. And he said, why are you guys not coming for the art? Just come for all of them. And I was like, yeah, 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 I'll go. And I only went for one. <laughs> when he did for the rest of the month, he was, you know, pushing every single art he went, he offered, and even by himself, you'd find him there chanting. I'm sure some of the devotees have had that experience who were there during the lockdown period. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we could take advantage of these opportunities that we've been given and kind of try to connect to them in a much deeper way. And 
you know, if we do that simultaneously, we will feel the reciprocation from Krishna. Um, you know, whatever many steps we take to Krishna, he takes more towards us. And, you know, we can kind of understand that Krishna wants us to, you know, to focus on him. And, you know, he wants us, he wants us to be the object. He wants himself to be the object of our attention. And so he gives us this opportunity for us to be able to do that. If we connect with him in that way, then, you know, he will reciprocate with us nicely and easily. It's not obviously the easiest of things to do. I personally can say I still struggle even as I live in the ashram. It's not always the easiest thing to do. But um, we try our best, you know. Krishna is not asking us to be the best, he's asking us to try our best. And so maybe an activity you guys can do in your own time is introspect how best can I go deeper in the opportunity that I've been given in the temples. Um, and how can I, you know, develop my relationship with Krishna in a much better way. Um, just seeing with some of the devotees who who've done the Bhakti Shastri. Um, you know, we've got Gopinath here, we've got Koke, uh, you know, all these wonderful devotees. Hush, of course. Um, and, you know, just seeing, I remember when they came into the temple, and seeing them now, I, I definitely feel this, uh, you know, amazing growth, amazing transformation. Albai was telling me, he was not here, I guess there's nothing to work, but he was telling me, only after leaving um, and going back home, has he understood the amount of growth and progression that he's been able to experience. You know, he wasn't coming for a long time, but he came for, you know, actually he ended up staying for a year, actually. He was gonna come for a few months, ended up staying for a whole year. And he says now he sees the transformation that has happened. You might not be able to see it immediately, you know, we always complain about the small things that have happened, or, you know, but he has some devotees, or, you know, the, the prashadam not being the best, or, you know, or someone taking all the mouth prashadam. <laughs> There's always, you know, all the drama around that, but, um, you know, eventually after you get out of that space, you acknowledge and you can appreciate the growth. I can say for myself, the person I was when I was joining the temple and the person I am now are definitely two different people. And if I can have this kind of a change, just imagine what all of you can already have an established connection in one way, shape or form with Krishna. Um, it's phenomenal what can happen. And so on this theme, you know, um, I was just meditating on Shilapapad as well. And uh, Shilapapad, he spent, you know, his time at the Damodar temple. The Radhanamura temple was um, given by, was, was established by Jiva Goswami. And so for uh, around six years after Shilapapa took Sanyas, I think it was in 1959, I'm not too sure. Um, stayed in this temple and he, you know, took advantage of, you know, being in Krishna's atmosphere, in Krishna's space. You know, he was able to manufacture and structure and meditate upon this society that this house that all of us can live in is, you know, thanks to his time and his investment there, revelations that he got from Shri Swami, that he got from his Guru Maharaj, we have this space, and it's, it's, it's magical. Um, I at times open meditate, even like yesterday in the Kirtan, uh, as we were all going crazy. I had like a small um, moment where I was meditating upon what did Shri Prabhupada actually go to the West, you know, and like, if you didn't, create this space so that all of us can be able to experience it. Like I was, you know, I came from Kenya, I had nothing, I had no understanding of Krishna consciousness. This would have been the last thing I've ever even thought about in trying to find happiness from. Thanks to Prabhupada, we got a place, you know, and uh, it transformed my life, transformed all our lives, and, you know, we owe him a lot. And so the least we can do, you know, establish 180 uh, places of pilgrimage for us. Matilantaman is one of them. Uh, you know, Shishra Gopulananda, he, um, you know, he, he brought them, he assembled them there for our benefit, for our pleasure. So the least you can do is, you know, take time to build that connection and that relationship. Even though we've got our responsibilities and duties, doesn't mean that we discard those. I wasn't going to come and say, okay, so all you guys need to do is renounce everything and move to the ashram. <laughs> no. Um, but if you can build your relationship in whatever way suits your personality, Stavago always says, we have to find an intensity that suits our personality in order to blossom spiritually. And so if we do that um, and take advantage of the tools that have been given to us, then it can be possible for us to experience this spiritual reality that um, Prabhupada is so easily handed to us and then we can be able to go deep and actually experience the mercy. Because, you know, if he saved our lives, we would be out there, you know, in the ocean of you know, trying to enjoy the material world. I remember me before being a devotee, or before appreciating Krishna consciousness, I just came from the from Kenya, and I was like a free man. 
and it's like I could do whatever I wanted. So my mom would call me, oh yeah, what are you doing? And I'm studying, but I'm really at the club, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, and I made so many bad decisions, um, which hopefully you guys won't end up making. And I beg you, please don't. <laughs> and if you want to, please come to me, and I can tell you why you shouldn't. Because now I can see the difficulties of even trying to progress in my spiritual life because of these activities that I engage in the material energy. Because they create a subtle imprint. Mom was giving us a class yesterday on Krishna unconsciousness. And um, she was mentioning, she gave this example of like, I don't know what this is. Blutak, yes, yes. So she gave this example of like Blutak and she, you know, made us understand that, you know, there's some impressions that are light, you know, so, and they don't really do much. Some different things might do, they don't really do much. But those things that if we interact with in the material energy create a big bend. And then, then you find this philosophy and you find this Krishna consciousness like, yeah, got it, yeah. And then you're trying to practice. But because these dents are there, you have to first fix these dents. And I'll tell you, it's tough. <laughs> it's not the easiest thing to do. And it can be frustrating. It can be difficult. You still take shelter with devotees regardless. But uh, it does have its challenges. So please don't put yourself in that position of attempting to explore the material energy. Just explore what's the Christian consciousness because it's another one out there. <laughs> um, and, uh, but somehow other will still get the mercy. Mahaprabhu, the six Goswamis are so merciful. Shri Papa is so merciful. You know, at times I think about my life experiences. Sorry, making about myself, but that's all I can share. Um, <laughs> I think about my life experiences, and I've been through a few different interesting things. Some of them I found to be quite difficult. But ever since connecting with Papa, it's like Papa just picked me up and put me in a space, and it's like I didn't experience anything. You know, and it's it's beautiful. And so the least we can do is try to reciprocate with that. We all have instances in our lives where we can identify how the Krishna Consciousness Movement has really saved us from making bad decisions, from doing the things you know, we know will be a downfall in our spiritual progress. You can meditate on the ground that you've had for yourselves. Um, don't share them. <laughs> but um, then Prabhupada comes and just takes that all away, all those you know, bad faults, all those imprints and puts us in a position where we can actually connect deeper. So this is the last slide that I had, but then something interesting happened, and I probably want to share with you guys this. Uh, so Stavu would give me this service, told me, okay, I think you should, you should give something to this service. And I was thinking, okay, fine, I'm going to do it, you know, whatever it says, I'll do. And then, I didn't know how better way to express, um, you know, this mood of, like, service or shape. And as I was going through the slides, obviously, you know, I was talking about how um, with uh, sorry, with um, Madan Mohan, we appreciate Madan Mohan from like our beginning stages of Krishna consciousness. So many of us, or I can say for myself, are at the beginning stages of our Krishna consciousness, trying to identify our position and um, make sure that our whole being is in accordance with this understanding that we're getting from the scriptures. And so I didn't, I didn't know what best way to like kind of express this, but then somehow or other. Someone sends me a voice note in the evening. And this is a voice note of, okay, it's a, it's a recording of Shri Prabhupada. Funny enough, okay, I'll let, I'll let Prabhu play this recording so you guys can meditate upon this. I'll probably put the, the slide of Shri Prabhupada that I'm um, And then uh, I'll let you guys probably meditate on this and probably even play. Really, 
So you know, I was doing that and then you know, reached a point just became dead because nothing else to do because it doesn't really have substance, it doesn't bring much realization. So he randomly just pulled out a book and then he was like, yo dude, so this guy on the street, he called himself a monk but he was wearing no more clothes. Um, he gave me this book and he told me that it opens up like deep spiritual stuff. I'm too lazy to read it, so you read it and then tell me if you want. <laughs> That's exactly what he told me. And so I picked the book, and I remember I was smoking at this point, and I was looking, and Shila Papa was there at the back of this book. <laughs> it's that small orange bug by Gita. So I was looking, but I didn't pay much attention to it. I just remember looking and be like, okay, it'll mess up. And then I thought, you know, you just carried it on. But that was my first contact with the book. I locked the book in my locker, didn't think anything of it, and just left it. Flew back to Kenya and then you know I go to see my family, so it's summer, I'm trying to enjoy and have a good summer because I'm about to go. Because now I can enjoy nicely getting funds from my mom because they're not at home. So it's a little bit easy for me to get money and then go and enjoy the high life at ease. No more hustling. So then I get home and then my mom sits me down and she tells me, okay, so Ian, uh, I went to the hospital and uh, I got diagnosed with cancer. So I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this thing never happened to us. You know, you always hear it happen to other people, to them, you know? Never hear it happen to us. So I was like, uh, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. So I got breast cancer. And then I just went for a recent scan, and then the cancer's moved to my lungs, so it's at stage four. So that's what I got hit to it. And I was only raised by my mom, so my mom was boy, you know? Sometimes the devotees in the actual call me a mama chari. <laughs> <laughs> Tour of the temple, 
And then as I was going to the temple, he showed me the picture of Nashimi um, and Falad Maharaj, you know, the whole pastime. And started explaining to me the pastime where Falad Maharaj was like a pure body, and then that's his father being killed. And then, you know, his father dies, saying, like, no, I'm new to this, so it's like, oh, war, like, you know. And then his father, his father is just being killed by, by the Supreme Lord, and then the Supreme Lord asks him, you know, what do you want? And then he's like, I don't want anything, please just deliver my father. So he said that and that like, caught my attention. So then after he said the last time, I looked at him and I said, okay, fine. So he said, this is what he said, that um, this boy asked only for his father to be delivered, right? I said, yeah. Okay, so if I become like this boy, then can I help deliver my mom? And then he said, yeah. And I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so then I went and met some of the devotees and then they gave me some books. Uh, there were also many signs of self-realization and all that, but I, I also wasn't that much of a reader. Um, so I got the smallest one, the matchless gift, each nine pages. <laughs> and I read that one that night, and that was the first time actually in my entire life I ever finished a book cover to cover. Um, but I read that book, and then, you know, decided I'm going to do this, or at least I'm going to try um, to give this, you know, do something for my mom, because I can't give her any money if, you know, anything's going to happen to her. You know, the amount of money I have won't matter. But if this, this so-called lion-headed guy can like deliver my mom, you know, then I'll do it, you know, and I'll give it a go. So then I started visiting the temple. I told my mom, but she was weirded out. She was like, all oh, these high Krishnas, they just wear bed sheets and they go out and food. They can't get a job. Why are you going to them? And, but I was like, no, mom, they have something powerful, but she didn't want to hear it. So I started going to the temple and then she caught me. And then she started to not give me any, any money. So she saw cut, she cut off my funds. So I had to lie to her that I'm going to the club with my friends who come from uni as well. So she gave me money to go to the club with my friends. And I'd go chill with one of my friends who's actually now initiated, his name is Samadashi. I'd go to his house, and then from his, I'd go to the temple every day. And, like that. <laughs> and then one day, um, this other devotee came and gave me more books. Even my, the, now, the Bhagavad Gita that I use currently. Handed me this Bhagavad Gita and so many books. So then I was going back home, and then as soon as I entered the house, uh, my mom saw me with all these books, and I was like, oh, oh. And then she got very upset, and she was like, okay, you pack your bags and go to the UK. At least you won't find the Hare Krishnas there. <laughs> <laughs> and then I came to the UK, and the rest was history. I found the Hare Krishnas, went and did the Veda course at the Bhaktivedanta Manor. I was cultivated by some devotees before. And then, you know, I got the association of one sadhu, who is in our association today. And from his association, I was just convinced that, you know, what better thing is there to do than to try, you know, progress for this. And just after getting some time with him, then I decided, you know, let me at least try, you know. Some people tell me, oh, you're not with the Bhamachari Ashram, that's not for you, you know. But I was like, there's no harm in trying, there's no harm in giving it a go and then seeing what happens after. So by Star Guru's mercy, I ended up moving into the Ashram, and I've been there ever since, trying to serve. Mm -hmm.